tonight's the night. It's going to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real song, people. Just saying. Yeah. It's like the second time I've kind of gotten lost in it. It's my song called Dark Passenger, and it's written about Dexter. Hey, Dexter. Yeah, Dexter, our favorite TV show. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, re- the reason I bring that up is because um, I had uh, Minch, I, I, Parcast show serial killers. I had sent them a message about Dexter. Uh, I was actually suggesting that they do a, um, this is long before I thought about doing CKCB, mm. but I sent them a message saying, um, saying, hey, yeah, maybe you know, for, for like an April Fool's Day joke, you should like do like the ba- the the Bay Harbor Butcher just as a joke. <laughs> and they were they replied back with just a canned response, just like, "Well, you know, that's our favorite TV show." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, God, yeah. be, be real, be real, right? please be real, or at least try to. Yeah, there's too many fucking fake people in the world today. Anyway. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crimes, Killers, Cults. And beer. And beer. <laughs> Digressing right out of the gate before I we... know, didn't even do the intro. <laughs> Just two crazy Florida men drinking beer, talking about true crime and why the hell not. This makes it a little bit crazier when there's two crazy Florida men talking about these cases. <laughs> yes, indeed. You get our you get our alligator brain take on the thing. <laughs> the swamp lizard. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> not to be confused with a lot lizard. That's a completely different thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, I stopped in um you know, just just last week I stopped at a truck stop in Lake Wales. I was headed to Miami. This lot lizard comes up to me and she offers me a favors if I would take her to Jacksonville. <laughs> like, sorry, going to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't help you. As far as lot lizards go, she wasn't bad looking. Well, that's but, good. But she was still a lot lizard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyway. But anyway. Oh, God. I don't have any ado. Do you? I do not. Our um, unsolved case being very well received. Indeed. So there might be more of that if I can come up with enough information on some of these unsolved cases. So we'll see. (laughs) But... Yeah, tonight we are covering David Carpenter, the Trailside Killer. Yay. Yay, Trailside Killer, yay. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. And there was much rejoicing. Yay. <laughs> there was much rejoicing. <laughs> so, <sighs> mountain hiking trails attract all sorts of people to them every year. Um, hikers, health and health and health enthusiasts, <laughs> naturalists, <laughs> photographers, lovers, cheating spouses, and more. <laughs> Dude, this sounds like a movie we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Through hike. 
<laughs> oh boy. I couldn't help it. I had to. I don't know why that episode isn't being received all that well. It's a good story. Yeah. But whatever. It doesn't matter. They all yeah. can't be winners, man. <laughs> right. That's true. We're gonna we're gonna have some stinkers here and there. But but that one, as far as delivery, that wasn't, a, or in story, that wasn't a stinker. That was a good episode. <laughs> yeah. But, um, they seek out the solitude and isolation and peace and quiet. Unfortunately, the solitude and isolation attracts another type of people as well. Killers and rapists who attack hikers. Yeah. And killers just who are just driving up and, you know, going up into these places to dump victims. Yeah. David Carpenter was a serial killer and rapist. His spree lasted from 1979 to 1981. He would stalk and kill people on the mountain hiking trails in California State Park near San Francisco. He, he attacked at least 10 people and was convicted of killing eight and he's a suspect in two more and this is one of those cases where i'm sure there are more victims maybe even many more yeah um he was born may 6th of 1930 and his first victim was in 1979 august of 1979 which would have made him 49 years old when he committed his first murder wow now, late bloomer huh I'm 49, and I couldn't imagine killing somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it, but, I mean, he was he would just shoot them, though, but still. Uh, well, yeah. But still, mo- most serial killers start when they're in their 20s. So Yeah. yeah like I said, he, he's a late bloomer. No, I, I, I think there are many. I, th- I think his body count is a lot higher. Oh, you think he started earlier and they just don't know. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Even though he'd made some bonehead mistakes, which we were going to get to. This wasn't in Dallas, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no. We're already we're already fucked. We can't ever go to fucking Texas, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, David Carpenter was a native of San Francisco and was physically abused as a child by his alcoholic father and domineering mother. As a boy, he had a severe stutter pro- prop. Oh, there, there's some irony right there. <laughs> <laughs> he had a severe stuttering problem and a, and a persistent bedwetting problem. And he also had a habit of being cruel to animals. And that's two of the McDonald's triad right there. <laughs> yep. He's ticking all the boxes. Yeah. He... The McDonald's triad is bedwetting, cruelty to animals, and arson. And he didn't commit arson, but he's two. But two out of three he ain't, ain't bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, Meatloaf, we drug you into this. <laughs> so when he was 13 years old, he was incarcerated for molesting two of his younger cousins. Um. He would come to school with bruises that he had gotten from both of his parents, and he was bullied at school because of his awkwardness and his stutter, which he in turn took out on younger kids. As you and, do. Yeah. By age when he was when he was seventeen, he was charged with molesting a three year old girl. 
Oh, man. Real winner, this guy. Yeah, all right. I guess I knew it was going to go there eventually. Anyway. So when he he was in a youth facility and turned to, until he turned 18, and then he was sent to California State Hospital for the mentally ill. In 1955, he was married for the first time, and he was 25, and his wife Ellen was 19. And they wound up having three kids, but the marriage wouldn't last because Carpenter had an insatiable sexual appetite. He he wanted sex three times a night every single night. Okay. And even in your 20s, that's a little much. I mean, damn. Yeah, no shit. You know. When you're in your twenties, when you're in your twenties, like once, maybe twice a night. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> I am. All right. Well. In 1960, Carpenter got a job delivering office mail to an advertising for a foreign advertising firm. There was a woman who worked there, Lois D'Andrade. Um, she was in her early thirties. He was thirty. And, you know, so she was a couple of years older than him, and she knew David and his wife. Lois's daughter was Lisa Renner, and she was a soap opera star. She was also on Melrose Place and Real Housewives. Okay. I never watched either of those shows, so. Yeah, I mean. I watched, I watched a couple episodes of Melrose Place, I admit it, but I've never seen an episode of Real Housewives, and I've never really seen a soap opera either. No, I never watched any of that stuff. But, Wasn't um, my thing. Nah, but Lois had been waiting at a bus stop and a car pulled up and it was David Carpenter driving. And he offered her a ride and he's like, you want to come see my wife and the new baby? <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> she goes with him. And David drove into a wooded area on um, the Presidio military base. Okay. And he was pretending to be lost, and he started acting strangely. It's like, he's supposed to be going back to his house so that she could see the baby. (laughs) Yeah. You'd think you know where his freaking house was. Yeah, how do you get lost when you're going home? Yeah. I mean, she she decided that she'd had enough, and at a stop sign, she, you know, tried to, you know, she got out of the car and she tried to run. David caught her and dragged her back to the car, opens up the glove compartment and pulls out a rope and knife, a rope and a knife and a hammer. She's like, what the hell is wrong with you? We're friends. What are you doing? And, you know, D- David said, oh, I've got this quirk. I, I have to have sex. Okay. So she manages to get out, and this is coming from Lois, not David. David, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, She manages to get out of the car and starts running, and David chases her and hits her in the head with the hammer. Luckily for Lois, a military policeman happened to be driving by at the time, and he got out, and David was still pummeling Lois with the hammer. And. Obviously, he's not that good of a he's not that good with a hammer because one blow is really all it should take if you're going to kill somebody you with think. a hammer. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. 
and this is weird. David, it, you know, the information that I had, David pulls out like, like a makeshift pellet gun, kind of like a zip gun, but, okay. but like a pellet gun. Right. But it, it fired pellets instead of bullets. Okay. But that's what it came off. It, it wasn't really clear and it didn't, and there were no pictures of it. But, um, uh, so he, he fires at the MP and it grazes the MP's face. You know, a pellet. Oh, yeah. Uh, that shit still hurts, man. Uh, it stings. <laughs> but David Carpenter was a lot of things, but one thing that he wasn't was a gunfighter. <laughs> right. <laughs> hold, hold, hold on a second, bro. Hold on. Okay. All right. Sorry. Being talked to. Anyway. Uh, so one um, thing he wasn't was a gunfighter, obviously. Yeah. Since he has a... David- David Carpenter was, yeah. David Carpenter was a lot of things, but one thing he wasn't was a gunfighter. Yes. You don't shoot a pellet gun at a cop. No, no, you don't. <laughs> because fu- that shit just ain't gonna work. <laughs> the MP fires back with a pistol and hits him in the leg and the stomach. And David was arrested. Lois had to have major surgeries to reconstruct bones and have um, a brain operation, but she survived. Now, right. remember, remember, I said David had a really bad stutter. Yeah. Lois said that as soon as he started assaulting her, the stutter went away. He oh. wasn't stuttering. Uh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> that, that's more than kind of scary. <laughs> that's fucking horrifying. It's yes. just like, okay, this guy literally has two different personalities. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, I didn't see that coming, but all right. Well, you said that you had heard of this one. What do you, What do you know about it? I haven't heard of this one. I don't think. You told when I said we were doing the Trailside Killer. He was like, "I think I I think I've heard about that one." I was thinking of something else. Oh, okay. uh, now now that you've gotten into the story, I was thinking of something else. Okay. Well, there was a lot of um, serial killers in California during the seventies and eighties. so um he was charged with assault and kidnapping on a military base which is a federal crime and this was the first of many really stupid things that this chucklehead did (laughs) and and the thing is is it it was stupid mistakes early on but he learned he was he was a student of his own of his own stuff, you know, of right. his own procedure, and so he you know he got a lot smarter. But although he was an idiot at the very end, as they all are, but <laughs> they all are. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm drinking Bud Light too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it, that's two weeks in a row that we've forgotten to include what we're drinking in the beginning of the episode. Everybody knows. <laughs> True, but you're not using your powder blue or your, or your lemon yellow sippy cup. No, I'm you're not. I'm drinking, drinking right out of that can. Yes, I'm drinking beer tonight. <laughs> I don't, I, well, I'm drinking beer tonight until they run out, which I don't know. There might be like three or four left. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so he, I mean... 
I still, even even though like he makes all these mistakes early on and everything, I still firmly believe that um, there were more victims. Like he might have just randomly killed somebody or whatever and just gotten away with it before mm-hmm. he started becoming a process killer. You know? Yeah. So he was sentenced to 14 years and his wife divorced him immediately and he served nine years. And a, psychi- a, a psychiatrist who evaluated him said that he was under lots of stress and the only way to relieve that stress was to rape a woman. So why let him out? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit, dude, he just told you that he was going to keep doing it. Yeah. And you let him go. All right. So nine months after he was released, he went on a crime spree, raping women and burglarizing home. He had sexually assaulted five women and was arrested for kidnapping in 1970. And he spent another seven years behind bars. Now, see right there, he, he raped five women. Sure. There were more and he probably killed some more. Oh yeah, probably. But he, but when he, when he started his official crime spree that got, you know, murder spree that got noticed, you know, it was all the, the, you know, the same MO. So I'm sure that there was these other murders that he did that just didn't get tied to him. Yeah. So he was at Vacaville State Hospital. That's where Edmund Kemper was it Vacaville has, has come up in a couple of our episodes. I know when you said that name, like we've talked about that place before mm-hmm. yeah Ed, Edmund Kemper is there he convinced his therapist at the federal prison that he was no longer hostile toward women and he was released in 1979 <laughs> <laughs> he was also a suspect of the in the Zodiac murders but he was obviously cleared for that. Yeah. But one thing that he did learn was not to leave any witnesses. Yeah, that's usually the key. August 19th of 1979 on Mount Tamopius? Your guess is as good as mine, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Luckily, luckily, the locals have nicknamed it Mount Tam, and that's what we're going to refer to it as. Oh, thank God, because if yeah. I have to try to say that name again. <laughs> or if so you Mount have to Tam. try to say that name again, it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. but um, It's going to be a it, bitch. It was north, north of San Francisco, and 44-year-old um, Etta Kane was hiking the trails of Mount Tam and she loved the trails there. She loved hiking. She was a bank executive and she lived in Mill Valley and her husband was 20 years older than she was, but I'm not even going to rag on that. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but he wasn't able to go hiking with her because he had severe arthritis in both of his knees. Um, so <laughs> what <laughs> you said, arthritis. 
<laughs> I thought I did. <laughs> what the hell is arthritis? Arthritis. <laughs> Sorry, man. I couldn't help it. You said arthritis. <laughs> I thought. I thought. I thought I heard that, and then you just confirmed it. Yes. Anyway. But she had planned a four-hour hike on Mount Tam by herself, which was not out of the ordinary for her. And she did it all the time because she was an avid hiker. She loved to hike. All right. She loved to through hike. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I'm sorry. I can't get over the name of that movie. (laughs) I know, right? That's too bad they never finished it. They did finish it. It just never got put together. Well, that's what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. But it never got released because that sounds like a movie that yeah, <laughs> we, we already uh, talked about that. Yeah. Anyway. But, but through hike, that's, that's like, that's like, um, calling Jaws, that's like calling Jaws a fishing trip. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> it started that we're talking about the Brian Trimble episode, the one that we were talking about earlier that was not being well received, that wasn't well, well received. So if, if you're Damn. curious, go listen to it. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so shameless self promotion here. Go listen to that episode. Yeah, go to that we're going to keep talking about it until you do. <laughs> right. I want to see the numbers on that episode skyrocket. And that'll be like sh- that'll tell us to shut the fuck up about that episode, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, yep, that's it. We figured it out. We're just gonna all the ones, all the ones that aren't doing so good. We're just gonna keep talking about them, right? And until until all the wise gals and wise guys go, all right, God damn it, I'll listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, hey, wise gals and wise guys, yeah. how's it going? That's I okay. I brought it too. in. I brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So it started getting dark, and Etta had not come home. And when she didn't come home, her husband called the sheriff's department. Her husband assumed that she might have gotten lost on the trail or maybe injured or something and needed help. You know, I mean, you don't think my wife might have been murdered. (laughs) So they, they sent out search crews that night to try and find her, and they couldn't find her. So they tried the next day, and then late in the day, they did find her body. Her body was about 60 feet off of the main trail up on a hill, and she was nude except for one sock, which makes me wonder if Henry Lee Lucas had done this. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but yeah. Well, he spent some time in California. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, none of so, none yeah. of none of the clothing was there other than the one sock that the killer had taken it all, and but he had left behind all of her jewelry and personal effects and everything that she had with her, although money and credit cards were taken out of her purse, but she still had her wedding ring on, and she had not been sexually assaulted. She had been <laughs> shot with a forty four caliber gun which is a very loud gun but nobody reported hearing any shots fired hmm. so and that that's something that's going to be a recurring theme no only one person out of every one of his victims heard gunshots or okay 
So, and this was in Marin County, and that's a very expensive, high class area. Um, so a a murder like this is just random; was virtually unheard of. And people would only come there, you know, people would come there because of how safe the place was. And it was also the first murder that had ever happened on that mountain, so it was really big news. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Seven months after Edda's murder on March 8th of 1980 on the trails of Mount Tam, 23 years old Barbara Schwartz was hiking the trails with her dog. And she was a bread maker who had recently moved there from Baltimore and she worked long hours. She had, she had set up her own, excuse me, she had set up her own business. So she worked like ridiculously long hours as business owners do. Yes. So she had stopped to rest and a man came up from behind her and just out of the blue just started stabbing her and she fought him. She, she fought this guy freaking hard and, um, Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, but there was a witness to this. Another hiker saw this happen, so she so uh, she ran at the killer screaming for him to stop, and he got spooked, and he bolted. Oh. Unfortunately, Barbara's injuries, injuries were too severe, and she died, and she had been stabbed multiple times in the neck and chest, and this was less than a mile from where Etta Kane had been murdered. Oh, wow. So the witness called the police and they found that the killer had dropped his glasses or more, more likely got his glasses knocked off of his face yeah, because she probably. Was, Barbara was fighting him so hard. Yeah. She was fighting back. Yeah. Anyway. Um, they checked the serial number and it turned out that the glasses had been issued by the California department of corrections. But at the time they didn't list who these glasses were issued to. I'm sure they do now, though. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. But um, they knew. So they knew that the guy who had done this had done time. So if they could get fingerprints, they'd have him. You know. Yeah. yeah. So um. So they they also sent flyers to parole officers in the area with pictures of the the glasses as well as a sketch made based off of the description from the witness. Nothing came out of that though. Shortly later, <laughs> um, a bloody 11-inch knife was found near the spot where Barbara had been murdered. Two kids had found it, and they knew enough to not to touch the damn thing. So they called the police. But a news team got there before the police did, and I'm assuming that the whatever news channel or whatever was monitoring a police scanner. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... um. One of the idiots on the team actually picked the knife up, destroying po- any possible fingerprints that were on the knife. And according to the witness, the killer was not wearing gloves. Uh-huh. Well, damn. So what? So, so what? Who? What? Wait, I, I got a little lost there. Who picked the knife up? One of the people on the news crew that showed up. Oh, okay, one of the news, one of the news people did. Okay, that's that's what right. I thought, but I was just okay, dude. And, and fucking little kids have enough common sense not to touch it, but not this, to touch it. But but this adult that works for the news crew is gonna pick up a fucking bloody knife. Like, oh, I found something. Yeah, like oh, here's the knife that was found on oh, the scene. Yeah, here it is. This is what the here I found it. This is what the kids were talking about. 
yeah, this is it. This is this this is the knife that killed um the the latest victim, you know, who was and over you just here. Ruined all the fingerprints on it. You stupid Dumbass. twat. You stupid. Anyway. <sighs> that person would make. No, I'm a, not going there. Never mind. Carry that, on. I am. I am. That person would make a pretty good journalist in 2023. <laughs> All right. You said it a lot more polite than I was going <laughs> to. Or if the person was who picked it up was a photographer, he could have gone and joined the Dallas um, forensics team. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm marking Vinny's off the bucket list. <laughs> but the but law enforcement assumed that this was done by the same person, so they released the sketch to the public and if i saw that sketch i'd be calling and reporting adam driver as kylo ren from the star wars sequel because it looks <laughs> just like him it does oh he showed me that picture it definitely does <laughs> just I, that was the first person i thought of when i saw it the picture that you showed <laughs> okay anyway yeah that's that's why when i said it to you i'm like who's this look like i didn't say anything you're just like kylo <laughs> yeah. it took me a minute though because i was i was it was either kylo ren or like a really young shemp from the three stooges i can see that too those those were my only two guesses that's what i was gonna go with and then i i was sitting there looking at dude it looks like shemp from the three stooges and then i went no that's kylo ren that's <laughs> kylo ren it's definitely kylo ren mm. but i can definitely i can definitely see shemp but um, yeah. anyway, but lots of people were interviewed because of that sketch because, you know, but the witness hadn't gotten the best look at him. You know, she described a man in his early, in his thirties or early forties when Carpenter was 50. So well, um, maybe he aged like fine wine. <laughs> but Barbara also had defensive wounds and the killer had also cut his hand pretty badly. A man went to the emergency room about 30 miles away with a really bad hand wound. He said that he had gotten stabbed while stopping a robbery. Okay. Um, yeah. It, but That's like, that's, that's the whole, I was cleaning my gun and it went off. Excuse. Pretty much. Yeah. But if you ask me. David Carpenter was a lot of things, but smart wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we not, go. Not, not yet, anyway. Not yet. So, you see, when you go to a hospital and you tell them you got injured during a crime, they are legally required to report it to the police. Yes, they are. So Carpenter tried the old bait and switch thinking that if he acted like a hero, they'd believe him and think he was cool. <laughs> but the police came and they interviewed him. They took his report and they left. They believed him. Oh, all right. But obviously there was no attempted robbery. Obviously not. Uh, so, but they believed. Like, all right. All right. Want to know if any like 
any officer that had transferred from Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, if we keep going, they're going to come here looking for us. Yeah, I know. They're going to come rogue. (laughs) Anyway. If that if that happens, they send a posse. You need to you you need to come over here and um and hang out with me, because I live in Grady Judge Grady Judd territory. He'll uh, he'll, protect, he'll protect us from Dallas. <laughs> dude, and yet I, dude, and yet I've got, I've got I know I oh that's true this is true yeah we're both good we're, we're both fine good. yeah we are. <laughs> And we got old Ronnie D. We got old Ronnie D. as our governor, dude. He won't let none of that shit happen. Right. Next thing you know, Florida's at war with Texas (laughs) over two jackass podcasters. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, it's like fucking. It's like the South Park thing. We're like the Terrence and Philip. They're gonna go to war with Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Texas is gonna go to war with Florida over our two dumbasses. Yeah. So now this this guy was you know he was he, initially he was a uh, um initially he was a total idiot. So let's list all of his mistakes on just this one murder. Number one, he dropped his glasses. Yes. Number two, he wasn't wearing gloves. Yeah, that's a big no no. Number three, he left a witness alive. If he wanted to really truly get away with it, he should have killed that witness. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm glad he didn't, but still. Yeah. Number four, he dropped the knife. Number five, he went to an ER and gave a story trying to be a hero, which resulted in the police being called. And sure, sure, he slipped through all the cracks of all all of these, but there have been other serial killers who have been picked up as a result of much less, like Ron Denis, Ron Dominique, for example. Good police work got him caught over a long fucking period of time. Ron Dominique was slippery. <laughs> yes. And a potato. <laughs> and a potato. Like, like a heavily buttered potato. <laughs> Without any black pepper on it. <laughs> Without any black pepper. <laughs> but um but if but if Ron Dominique had done any one of these things, the police would have gotten him much sooner. Any one of those things that um that Carpenter did, Ron Dominique goes down a lot sooner. Oh yeah. So it's just like he he does like five different five different fuck ups and one freaking murder, and luckily gets away. And gets away, yeah. Oh boy. Now, in a stroke of irony here. Carpenter used the same eye doctor that Barber used. Uh-oh. That can't be good. <laughs> so he, he went there to have his glasses replaced. And um, and Pete, the police had sent out hundreds of flyers to eye doctors in the area saying to watch out for that particular prescription. And it was a really odd prescription. It's It's not something that anybody would have. Yeah, it, it's something that's going to be isolated with somebody that has something wrong, seriously wrong with one eye and something seriously differently wrong with the other eye, you know? Yeah. So, but unfortunately, this particular eye doctor was overlooked. 
There's lots of eye doctors. Of there's, course. There's, there's, there's lots of eye doctors. You don't have a phone book? I mean, I'm, Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, uh, yeah, right. I'm not, but I, I'm not faulting the police on that one. That's just a, I, it's just like a ironic oversight, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, it is. It, it's definitely ironic, but I mean, goddamn, really. The one doctor that this guy goes to, you skipped. Yeah, you missed. And it, I mean, and, uh, it just, and it just happened to be the same, the same doctor, eye doctor, as one of his victims. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, I know this is a different time, and there's not the internet, and there's not all these where you can look everything up like that. But I mean, damn, you'd think somebody would have checked. <laughs> yeah. So w- one investigator said that they had so many leads, it was tough to nail them all all down and it was look it was like looking for a needle in the haystack they had lots of hay but they hadn't found the needle yet and you know <laughs> what that metaphor was old and worn out in 1980 zip recruiter zip recruiter <laughs> looking for a needle I, in a needle stack i am so fucking sick of hearing these you know these commercials from zip recruiter hey you, you're looking for the right employee it could be like looking for a needle in the haystack Oh, needle in the haystack. It's like it, they've been doing this for, they've been releasing the same freaking ad for 15 years. Yeah, well, you know. It, it's all, it, it is just, it's just a different ad. They're saying the exact same thing. Uh, needle in the haystack, needle in the haystack. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Damn! Right. Apparently, Bill did have some ado, just came in the middle and not the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I'm listening to a podcast and a, or even the radio, and a fucking Zip Recruiter commercial comes on, I was just like, "Oh my god!" It's like nails on a chalkboard at this point. It's like, God damn that ep- that that metaphor was that cliche was tired and wore out when you started using it 15 years ago. Right. I mean, even Geico with the fucking gecko, they come up with different different scenarios to put the little gecko in. <coughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, is that for good? Needle in the haystack. Oh, it's like a needle in the haystack. Oh, yeah. We're, so, we're, we're, we're really, we're really hip. I think, I swear, I think Michael Lang might have been involved with the, um, with the, hey, we got this great, we got this great hip thing to to do for you for a good slogan it's gonna get you all the people that you need it's gonna be fire yeah we just go with the the needle in the haystack yeah (laughs) all right enough of that (laughs) fire (laughs) dude now zip recruiter hates us we're fucked well i hate zip recruiter because of those stupid commercials yeah we got that you made that abundantly clear. <laughs> <laughs> like George Carlin said, I don't have pet peeves. I have major psychotic fucking hatreds. <laughs> Good old George. Here's the George. I'll drink to that. <laughs> man, that man that man was way ahead of his time. Yeah, he was. Oh God, I'd lo- I wish he was still alive right now with what's going on. He'd because be everything's fucking mine. Everything that he predicted and like the You Are All Diseased yeah. stand up album that he put out, everything that he predicted and that has come true. Yeah. Everything. Everything. And he, and, he, and he did that shit 20 years ago. I, it, longer than that. That yeah, album. Well, you, I don't yeah. it's, it's, That's not important, but yeah, that's why he was way ahead of his time. Yeah. 
I wish he was still alive. I mean, we we need. I mean, I I, I would love to see a freaking tour of Dave Chappelle, George Carlin, um, and there's others. I'm just drawing a blank right now, but still, it's just I'd love to see a freaking tour where they just all go out and they just you know all the people that are like currently now. Oh, George Carlin would have been all over that. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally dude he had been like look dude i told you this shit 20 30 years ago i know <laughs> i mean god man i wish it was anyway. a lot yep all right r.i.p george carlin yes anyway so police um sent mounted officers to cover mount tam as a deterrent and um you know it it worked for a little while but on October 30th, 1980, on Mount Tam at an amphitheater there, 26-year-old animal act, animal scientist and Marin County native, Ann Alderson, she was coming home from her grandmother's house. And she decided to go to Mount Tam to meditate. And she, she loved that amphitheater. That was like her kind of like her her spot where she went. I mean, she was a, a hippie chick, you know. And she, Okay, you said it twice. So I have to say something now. It's not ample theater. It's amphitheater. Amphitheater. You said ample theater twice. Bite me. <laughs> no. Ann Alderson loved that amphitheater. <laughs> the ample theater. Was it ample? Oh, don't fuck with me. Do not, do not. I swear to God, I will climb through this internet and I will strangle you. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> so, Good luck with that. But um, she had been seen by several people there, but she vanished. And several days, it was several days before she was found. She was a quarter of a mile from the amphitheater. <laughs> and she was fully dressed and she had been shot in the head with a 38. Once again, nobody had reported gunshots and she had been sexually assaulted and then redressed. Anything else missing? Because, I mean, dude, he took the one girl's clothes, so he's obviously a souvenir guy. So anything else missing? Uh, he's just, he's just doing whatever. I mean, he, he's, is a process killer, but with a stroke of disorganized. Um, but, okay. but, but she was also a half a mile from where Ed Kane had been murdered. All right. So apparently that these notes are using Ed Kane as ground zero since it was the first one. And that, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. He, he's got an area. Yeah. Anyway. God damn. I need to get a new chair. This thing's getting more and more uncomfortable every day. <laughs> well, this is this is a as far as a serial killer story goes, this is one of the better ones. It but it's it's one of the lesser known ones as well. But it it's just not, like all all of the nuts and bolts of, of this episode and every of, of this of this killer and everything. It's just it's more, definitely one of the more interesting ones. Right on. And um, so the the three murders, the the three murders, you know, Barbara Schwartz, Etta Kane, and now um, Ann Alderson, they had all taken 
place on a weekend or a holiday. And Ann Alderson was killed on Columbus Day. So they theorized that the killer had a job and went killing on his days off. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can see that. That's so, valid. Yeah. So at, at this point, Mount Tamp had been closed. And and also at this point, David had left Mount Tamp and went elsewhere. He went to Point Rios National Seashore, 20 miles northwest of Mount Tamp. Oh, all right. All of this area, uh, it, just the most gorgeous scenery you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's just. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't want to go to California, but I do kind of want to go there just to take that, you know, the Pacific Ocean Highway, the Pacific Highway. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do want to do that, and I've, I've never seen. I've been all over California, but I've never seen redwoods. I want to see redwoods. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a song. <laughs> anyway, sounds like a country song. Mm-hmm. I've only been to a few places in California. I have been to the Redwood National Forest too. That's those trees are friggin' amazing. I I haven't. I've the furthest north in California that I've been is Sacramento. We drove we drove through there when we were moving back to Florida from Washington State. But yeah, no, dude. That that only only Sacramento is where Donner's Pass dumps off into Sacramento. Yeah. But that's the only time I've been that's the furthest north I've ever been in Sacramento. But uh, or in, in California. Yeah. But I definitely want to take the, the PCH road trip sometime but i want to do it in a car not a semi yeah right i want to do it on a motorcycle because i think it'd be much more fun well yeah but but still i don't anyway. ride motor i've been in too many car accidents to <laughs> want to be in a freaking yeah no i understand yeah it's just, anyway it changes you man it changes, <laughs> it changes you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay anyway and I've never caused one. I've always been rear-ended. Or, um, <laughs> and there was that accident where I was in, in, in a semi where head-on collision with a drunk driver in a F-150 fatality accident. But I wasn't driving. I was asleep. And that's not a very good way to wake up. No, it isn't. Anyway, we digress. Your co-driver. Ah! And then, boom! Yeah. Whoa! Ah! God. Yeah. yeah. Probably the... Yeah. If you never want to be late for work, it's a good alarm clock, though. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's no snooze button on that. No. <laughs> anyway. So November 28th, hashtag, but I digress. But November 28th, 1890. 1980. <laughs> Oh my God, we are starting to go off the rails on this one. <laughs> well, I am. You are. <laughs> I, I'll, and I'm I'll letting you. Go. I'm letting you. I'm doing nothing to hold this together. I'm letting you go. I'll pull it together. Because you know what? I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> I'll pull it together. So, um, November 28th, 1980, the day after Thanksgiving, you know, holiday. Um, 22 year old student Diane O'Connell was at Point Rios for a hike. And she was there with two friends, but they weren't hiking together. And this is a 
something I didn't realize was a thing, but apparently it is. It's like they were they were there together, but they were like a hundred yards apart from each other, and all agreed to meet up at a particular spot. Which that seems weird to me. I don't get it. Yeah, but it's just why even go there together then? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, but it, like you said, just, I, like you said, I guess that's a thing. I don't know. Yeah, but it apparently is because it it's coming up again with somebody else. But um, you know, they're about a hundred yards apart from each other, and one of Diane's friends reported seeing a man in the bushes, and she got the hell out of there. Yeah, oh, she figured, but she she figured that he was just taking a piss. And she's like, all right, I, I don't want to see that. So she's just like, okay, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but um, Diane was the second in line, but the third in line got to the end before Diane did. And of course, Diane would never make it to the end. Yeah, unfortunately, they went looking for her and they couldn't find her. So they reported her missing at 5 p.m. And there was a 25-year-old woman named Shauna May who was walking the opposite direction. And she was also walking separated from a friend. Like we were just talking about. Yeah, okay. I, I don't get that. I, I, I just don't get that. I don't get. Hey, let's I, go together. Yeah. Let's go together, but not hike together. Yeah. I, I just. I, yeah, I don't we, know. We, can't, we can't like hike together because I might have to stop and take a pee and I don't want you to see me. Well, then you turn your back. Damn. Dude, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm grasping, no, I, at, straws. I, 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 I'm grasping at straws here to find a reason why this is a thing. I know. And, and it could it could just be like a hippie thing. It's just like, okay, we're going to walk separately and then talk about what we found once we reunite at the end of the of the hike. Oh, well, yeah, yeah that, that way you have different experiences, I guess. Yeah, and that's probably literally what it was. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, you know, if I'm going there with my friends, I'm gonna hike with my friends. You yeah. know, but I'm, I mean, I'm not. I'm Plus, not, I'm clumsy, dude. I'll fall off the edge of a cliff or some shit, man. <laughs> I need somebody there to catch my ass. I, I'm not judging. I'm not judging at all. But I'm just man. saying, it just, it just, it just seems odd to go there with your friends and not hike with your friends and not stay together. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's weird. That's really weird. I don't get that. But anyway, whatever. I guess it's a thing. Apparently. Yeah. So, um, but, but she also never made it to the end of her hike either. So in the same day, two women were gone. Uh, Search groups were, buckle up. There we go. Search groups were formed the next day and they found a tennis shoe buried under, uh, under leaves. And two people were found there covered up with leaves. But they were not Diane and Shauna. Okay. They had been there much longer, you know, and actually since October 11th. This was November 28th. Oh. Uh, it was a male and a female, 18-year-old Cynthia Moreland and 19-year-old Richard Stowers. Yeah, and the the same day that yeah, the they they were found the same day that Shauna and Diane were also 
All right, let me back that up. The, the same the same day, Shauna and Diane were also found. All four people have been shot in the head. With a thirty-eight. With a thirty-eight. All right. Mm-hmm. So it it's theorized that Shauna had stumbled on David and Diane, um, and that he had learned from his mistake with Barbara Schwartz, where he left a witness alive. Yeah. Um, Diane and Shauna were found nude with their with their clothes just left in a pile. Diane had been strangled with a wire, and you know, it's theorized that Shauna had been forced to watch. He then raped Shauna, shot her, and then shot Diane, you know, just to make sure that she was dead. And like I said before, all four people were killed with the same thirty-eight. And this yeah. was also the, the the same gun to, that was used to kill Ann Alderson. So there was now now no doubt in anybody's mind that there was a serial killer. Okay. And in other news, water is wet. <laughs> so. Mounted officers were de- deployed again, and they were looking for more dead bodies, but they didn't find any. The FBI got involved, and even John Douglas, the rock star profiler portrayed in the Mindhunter series. I was going to say, we talked about him before, too, haven't we? Yeah, you need to watch that series on Netflix, Mindhunter. All right, I'm working awesome. on it. There's awesome. a lot of stuff I have to watch. That I, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to have time. But, yeah, you're you're still sitting there in your kitchen when you have an empty room waiting for you to like set up as your recording studio. I'm not in my kitchen. I'm in my dining room. Get it Whatever. Right. Whatever. <laughs> I know. No, but no, but you are absolutely right. I am very much a procrastinator and I just, yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> one day, one so, day I'll be, one day I'll be in that room. I promise. <laughs> We're going to take bets. What happens first? Episode 500, Jeffrey Dahmer or Todd in his actual studio room? Dude, we're only on. Dude, I'll be in there way before that. <laughs> A couple <of> weeks before. <laughs> Come on now, dude. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You don't have to remind me every six months about it. <laughs> so, um. So John Douglas surmised that this killer had something wrong with him, low self-esteem. He even went so far as to say that the serial killer was probably a stutterer, which he was. How the fuck did and you know that? That's what the, that's the beauty of it. It's just like, you know, for every, for every five that he got right, you know, like right on the money, and this is one of them, there, there'd be one that he got like really wrong. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but but he was right a hell of a lot more uh, a hell of a lot more often than he was wrong. Yeah, right on. I mean, shit, they made a show about him, so fuck. Yeah, right. and that show's really good. All right, I'll make I'll put it down on my and, fucking notebook to check out on top of everything else you've told me to watch. And the and the people that they got to portray these serial killers, they looked the part. And played the it just it, it was them. It was okay. like the, the guy that played Ed, Ed Kemper, it was him. The All guy right. that played Charles, Charles Manson, it was him. The guy that I mean, it's just like they they 
I mean, spectacular cast. Right on. Cool. So, but John Douglas also surmised that he was probably deteriorating physically and mentally, feels unclean, suffering from hyperventilation combined with anxiety attacks, and that his hands might tremble. And that's oddly specific. Yeah, that's a that, this guy was a, John Douglas was a freaking wizard. Apparently, <laughs> because he was right on all of this. Oh, all right. Even a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. No, this guy wasn't. No, I know. Like, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Four out of five times he was right. All and. Right. In, in January of 1981, David Lee happy, happily went to his therapist telling him that he had a new girlfriend named Candy and that her sex drive was intense as his. <laughs> he he was in love. True love. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. He had met her when she was broken down, when her, when her car was broken down. All right. That seems that kind of rings a bell. Yeah, Lois. You know yep. the the yeah. Um. So he drove her to Mount Tam, and they had sex in his car. Yep. And one of the investigators even said that the fact that she like jumped on him. Probably saved her life. Yeah, because he was probably he was probably taking up there to rape and kill her. But she fucking jumped on him, and he's just like, "Ooh, I like this." He was like, "Oh, I look like this." Yeah, because he wasn't raping and killing, so he still had a stutter. Right. So they shacked up immediately, and then got engaged. Oh. So, um, March 29th, 1981, at Henry Cowell Redwood State Park in Santa Cruz, California, 88 miles south of Marin County, Ella Hansen and Stephen Hartle were hiking. They were college students. But separately, though, right? No, they were hiking. <laughs> they were hiking together. They were, they oh, were, they, were, they were a couple. Oh, so they didn't, they didn't like, all right. No, they were also a true love. Okay. More of that shit. All right. But they had crossed paths with David once. And then late, later on when they were coming back, they crossed paths with him again. And the second time he pulled out a gun and he holds it on him. And Stephen says, hey, you, know, you can have all our money, man. Just chill out. And David said, I'm not here to rob you. I'm here to rape your girlfriend. No. And no stutter because he was. Because he was in the zone. Yes. He, yeah. He was. He, he had his game on. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sorry. If somebody comes at me and says. Points a gun at my head and says, I am here to rape your girlfriend. I'm probably not going to do anything. But if somebody comes up to me, holds a gun, you know, points a gun at me and says, I'm I'm swinging. I'm taking my chances and swinging on the guy. I know. Dude, if I could stop laughing. Yeah. Like, dude, are you serious? All right, go back. Go back to where you were. 
take a deep breath, come back and do this over again. <laughs> because that ain't working. Anyway. No. So, um, Stephen tried to talk David down to no avail and he forced him off the trail and Stephen and Ellen were shot multiple times. A father and son had actually talked to David on an observation deck prior to this. David left and shortly later they had heard gunshots and they, they then were approached by, they then like approached by Stephen, who was begging for help, saying that he had been shot. He had managed to survive. Yeah, he described the shooter, and it was the the it was the man that the father and son had seen. So the the father stayed with Stephen, and the son went to get help. Um, you know, the Steve Stephen and, and the father, they. You know, Stephen was able to walk, so they made it to the ranger station. And as they were talking with the rangers, a red car drove by. It was David. <laughs> they they identified him. That's the guy right there. That's him. But yeah, they the the father. You know, Stephen was taken to the hospital. The father had given a good description of the car, but he didn't get the license plate. Um, they also got a good description of him as well as his jacket that said Montana Olympic beer drinking team on the back of it. <laughs> Haven't said this yet, this episode, but put a knife in that. All right. Do I have to? <laughs> no, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't got all my knives back from the last episode. <laughs> Um, they released a new sketch. This one was correct, but they were now wondering if they had two two killers due to the Kylo Ren sketch that they had prior. Um, once they ran the bullets on these last five victims, they put it together that it was all the same person. All right. May 2nd, 1981 in San Jose, California, Heather Skaggs was at a print school, and next to that school was a print shop that she had gotten a job at. Okay. David Carpenter also worked there. Oh, boy. <laughs> she had a VW bug that, you know, like the engine blew or something. I mean, the car just died. And um, <clears throat> David's just like, I've got one you can buy. And you can make payments on it. <laughs> yeah. It's that red car out there, with license plate that says Kylo One. <laughs> you fucking got me. <laughs> <laughs> and and the bumper sticker says, "I'll never be as good as Grandpa." <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Dude, don't you dude me, dude. 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 <laughs> dude. Dude. Anyway, uh, I couldn't help it, dude. That was, that wouldn't, <laughs> it was just, it was just there, dude. You totally set that up and I just, I fucking knocked <laughs> that bitch right out the park. So, uh, 
David had a VW Bug, a newer one that she could oh. make payments on. That she could make payments on. Of course. He volunteered to take her to the car. Like, I'll take you. I'll take you there. So she uh, was ap- ap- apprehensive. Yeah. She was apprehensive. But she, yeah, she had a boyfriend, and she told him about this and everything. And her boyfriend's just like, I don't feel good about this. But she's like, I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll, I'll take a knife with me. I'll keep a knife in my purse. Yeah, because yeah. Anyway, so David, you know, she goes with David, and David just like, hey, while we're on the way, let's stop in the redwoods to find a fern for a friend of mine. You know, you know how we, you know, it's never a mannequin. It's never a fern. It's never a fern. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, all right. Now, here we go. God, you know, it's just, it's never a fern. That's never a fern. And she didn't get like. She was okay with it. She didn't get any like weird vibes or anything. Oh, she did. I mean, I mean, this is this is just speculation. But yeah. um, but you know, I'm sure she did. She was apprehensive about it in the first place. Okay. No, I'm here to buy a car. I'm not here to go find a fern in the woods. <laughs> but it'll be fun. Yeah, I just gotta go dig up a fern. You can go to a freaking plant store and buy a fern. (laughs) No shit. We don't have to go out into the redwoods. No. Uh, Yeah, just let me out of the car. Don't let me out. I don't want your fucking car. Let's go. I'm done. I'm out. But Heather had left David's name, phone number, and address to to where they were going. With her boyfriend, and the address was actually David's address. Oh, yeah. That was kind of dumb. Oh, just a little bit. From a killer standpoint, that was kind of dumb. Yep. But he picked her up at 7 o'clock in the morning, and she was never seen again. Um, the, the, The boyfriend, when she was late getting back, called the number, and David's mother answered the phone. Okay. She says, oh, David's not home. He's at the ballet. <laughs> the ballet? <laughs> oh, God. Just wait. Just wait. Oh, come on now. <laughs> One of the funniest scenes ever that we've ever covered is coming up. One of the right. funniest scenes by a fucking serial killer is coming up. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's get to it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. But, um... Heather's boyfriend and a friend drove to San Francisco to the address and they waited for David to get home. So when he did, they confronted him asking where Heather was. And it, and David said that he wasn't with her the day before. He says, oh, I got sick and I didn't leave the house until 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, David, right. David didn't know that they had talked to his mother who told him that they had left it or that David had left at 530 in the morning the day before. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I love it when the wheels fall off in these cases yes <laughs> so 
so the police were called and they interviewed co-workers of um of Heather and, and David and everything and the co-workers said that David was kind of fixated on Heather. And <clears throat> they dug into his background and they find out that he's a parolee. They then go to the parking lot where they found the red car that had been described by the father to the the park rangers weeks prior. Now there was something specific about the the muffler the muffler pipe was hanging a little bit low. Mm-hmm. Like it had a bolt missing or something like that, so it was just kinda hanging and that was the same thing with this car. You know, and okay. so but also green tissue was found in the well, they they saw it. They haven't searched the car yet, but they looked in the windows and they saw green tissues there. And Heather's mother said that she always carried carried like a little travel pack of green tissues in her purse. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, the noose is getting tighter. Yep. So police decided to interview David. So they are, uh, arrange a meeting at David's parole officer's office. On May 8th of 1981, six days after Heather had went missing, the interview took place and he had grown a beard and he wasn't wearing glasses. <laughs> Gee, that's a little sus, don't you think? Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> so when they started asking questions, he started shaking and stuttering like really badly. They thought they to the point to where they thought he was having a seizure. Holy shit. All right. Oh, God. Oh. No, we're getting to the funny part right now. Yeah. Um, he came across to the officers as a harmless idiot, but Stephen, the guy who had survived, um, he said that the man who had attacked them was cool, calm, and spoke perfectly. You know, like what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with from Lois. Yeah. He told the same story about not making it to to pick up Heather. And then he then he calmed down. He actually said, Well, I'm a parolee. I should be your main suspect. And and then he blamed Mama <laughs> for his for his past crimes. And said, saying that she had forced him to take ballet lessons and she was mean to him. <laughs> what do you think happens next? Oh. Take a guess. I have no idea. Uh, did he, what, he showed him when he started doing ballet? You fucking got it, dude! I did, really? Yes! No way. <laughs> He started getting up and prancing around doing fucking ballet moves in front of them. No way. You totally got it. I am not lying to you. Holy shit, you got Sweet. that. I got it. All right. You, that was that was a I That was the only thing I could think of. I would have bet like a thousand dollars that you wouldn't have gotten that one. Oh, I would have bet it too. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I never I never one. get them on the first try. Especially that that could have been anything. Yeah, it could have been anything. <laughs> no God. shit. Holy I mean, shit. My, my only other guess was he just confessed to everything straight out the gate. But uh, anyway, 
<laughs> no, he started doing ballet moves in front of them. Well, you know, and while he's doing all this little, you know, like doing all these fucking ballet moves and everything, he starts talking. You know, he was talking shit about his mom, mm-hmm. and not not stuttering, speaking clearly. So he he's putting on an act and everything, and he's like within his element. So, but then when he sits down again, the stuttering returns. So oh. it's just like if he's putting on a performance, then he acts just fine. Yeah. But but when he um but you know when he, when he's not like doing something crazy like killing somebody or doing ballet in front of officers. I know we're in the middle of an interrogation all, but here let me give you my interpretation of Swan Lake. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little so, bit avant-garde, but I think you'll enjoy it. So he said, "I hope no, 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 I, 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 I hope no, 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 nobody finds her body and that she's been rapled, rapled." Oh, there's the rapled. <laughs> oh boy okay anyway <laughs> but 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 the thing is is they had never just dis- the officers had never discussed a homicide or a rape with them okay so the officers were convinced that he was the guy and they released him but they contacted the sheriffs in marin county let him know that the trailside killer might be headed their way it was a friday and the weekend was coming <laughs> <laughs> oh boy they they knew they they knew yeah so on may 9th 1981 they were doing constant surveillance on david they interviewed his parents and they told him about candy who had left him in april and she said that you know when they went to interview her she said that he had taken a jacket of hers that said montana olympic beer drinking team on the back of it <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh boy the officers looked at each other and said got him oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit oh man <laughs> so you agree this is this is one of the better serial killer stories? Yeah. That ending was great. <laughs> oh shit, we're not there yet. Oh really? Okay, okay, I got four pages to go. All right. So David was arrested and charged with Stephen and Ellen's attacks, and he was put in a lineup and Stephen identified him in like a split second. It's that guy, <laughs> Kylo Ren, right there. <laughs> he killed his dad too. Stabbed him right through yeah. the heart. <laughs> and and it- his mom gave up her life so he could be a good guy again. Right. Anyway, we're not talk- <laughs> we, dude, for you know, for a couple of guys that we're not going to talk about the Disney Star Wars movies, we sure are talking about them a lot in this episode. <laughs> in this episode, well, we have to because of that that sketch looked. Just I like know him. it looked just like him. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Adam Driver. You're a great actor, but damn. <laughs> So they searched his apartment, but they couldn't find the gun or the jacket. You know, he had 
as far as they were concerned, they, he had probably ditched him. But on May 24th, 1981, in Big Basin State Park, nine days after he was arrested, Heather's body had been found raped, and she had been shot in the face with the thirty-eight. The same gun. Okay. Yeah. So six weeks later, a friend of David, a guy named Shane Williams, robbed a bank, and he was caught. Um, officers, you know, that's a federal charge. Mm-hmm. So officers know that he, you're know, off up there. What? <laughs> he 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 tells he he tells he tells the he tells law enforcement that he knows where the gun that David had, you know, the the trailside murderer, the trail trailside killer had used. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make a deal. So he said he said that David had loaned him the gun so that he could rob the bank. And this was a devious, clever, a deviously, a, a deviously, fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it, but go ahead. A deviously clever plan. Indeed. Um, Shane Williams would rob the bank and either get caught or killed. And the gun would be on him and boom, Shane Williams is the trailside killer. Is now the murderer, yeah. Great. So, like, remember what I said earlier that he was an idiot to, to Uh begin with, but he later started getting smart. Yeah. Because that, that that's really a fucking ingenious plan. Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty good uh, that's a good out. Mm-hmm. So, but Shane, after he had committed the murder, the murder, the bank robbery, he realized that he had been set up. Yeah, because news had been come news had been coming out about the possibility of David Carpenter being the um the trailside killer. He was like, Oh, okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> so um so he hid the gun. <laughs> All right. Smart play. Yeah. It was it it was at a gas station that had been torn down. So they the investigators went and they found it right where he said that it would be and they tested they tested that gun and it was a match for the other murders that had been carried out with it was the gun. Yes. Like literally the smoking gun. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it it was a slam dunk case now. So it went to trial for Heather Skaggs, um Stephen Hartle and his girlfriend, Ellen Hansen, and they wanted a death penalty for it. His attorney actually admitted that David was guilty, you know, and at this, this point, it was just trying to save him from the death penalty. And Stephen Hartle, obviously, was the star witness. Right. The, the, the jury took seven hours to reach a verdict, guilty of moita. Yes. He was then moved to Marin County to stand trial for the other five murders. And in an interview, he said that he had not received a fair trial. Of course, they all say that. <laughs> but um, yeah. 
he was not the trail side. Killer. Okay. I might I might be exaggerating a little bit, but not much. I don't know. That went on for an awful long time. No, I you know, I did about twelve K as he probably did about six or seven. Maybe eight. So I'm, I was exaggerating, but not by much. <laughs> <laughs> so on January 5th, 1988, it took six years for him to take the stand, you know, for him to be tried for the Marin County. Murders. Jesus. All right. Well, I think what they were doing was waiting for, you know, appeals to die down and stuff like that before they did it. That's That's just my thought. Yeah. But um, Carpenter took the stand in, in his own defense on the Marin County killings. <laughs> oh, we love it when they do that. <laughs> a person that has himself as a client is a, as a fool for a lawyer, ben or Frank. something like that. Yeah, yeah. That may not have been exactly it, but it was pretty close. No, he he did have an attorney, but um, but he he did take the stand. Wow, this attorney actually let him go. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess I guess his attorney was just like, "Look, just just let him hang himself." <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm hoping that's what the situation was. <laughs> right. So he tried to blame his poor childhood, trying to get sympathy, and he had receipts showing that he couldn't have been the killer because he was elsewhere with one or both of his parents who he had just been trashing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. But his father had died um, the, had died the year before, and his mother had serious Alzheimer's by that point. Oh. So, sorry, Davy boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. On May tenth, nineteen eighty eight, David was found guilty, death sentence. He was never charged for Etta Kane or Barbara Schwartz's murders. And the, the reason was Etta kill Etta was killed with a forty four and Barbara was killed with a knife and all the others were a thirty eight. But you know, I'd <laughs> He did them. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing that's missing from the research that I did is what was the name that he gave when he went to that hospital for his hand wound after he killed um, Barbara Schwartz? Yeah. You know, was it David Carpenter? Yeah, he probably did give his real name. I would, I would believe it. I know. At that point, yeah, I think, I think you would have. I mean, look at all the other stupid shit that he did during that murder. He probably did give. I'm David Carpenter, hero. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm sure he did, bro. He had to have. Yeah. Anyway, so he's he's still alive today, and he what? still swears. Yeah, he's still alive today, and he still swears that he's innocent. He's in San Quentin, and that makes him 93 years old. He's the oldest man on California's death row. Okay. Um, and well, like, 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 well, like we said on the, well, California doesn't like to execute people anymore. 
Yeah, we're not going to go there. But but at the same time, you know, the episode that we have recorded that we haven't released yet, it's just they don't know when their execution date is going to come. So every day they have to live with, um, is today the day? Yeah, I get that, but still, no, dude. I mean, like, dude, I mean, if you're not going to fucking execute him, he's, like, he's, he's 93. Yeah, he's, he's going to die. I mean, he's not going to be executed. He's going to die in prison, dude. I mean, shit. He, he could, he's probably he going to fucking kick over tomorrow. Yeah, he could die before this episode gets released. At 93? Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean dude, it, just just give him life in prison if that's if that's what you were if that was uh if that was the intention, just give him life in prison. Fuck. Well, it was a, it was a different time when he was con- when he was sentenced to that. And now things have changed in California, so that's that's what it is. Dude, things have changed everywhere, man. Oh but yeah. yeah, but still, I mean, you know, we still execute people in Florida. So does Texas. <laughs> but don't try to get on their good side, Ev. We've already fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Texas fucked up. No. You know what I mean. Yeah, you're right, but yeah, you know what I mean. Well, Dallas, Texas, specifically. So Anyway. Um, so, in 2010, David was linked by DNA to yet another victim, 23-year-old Mary Frances Bennett, who had been stabbed to death in 1979. No. So, there was, there was questions of, of, like, whether or not he killed, he actually killed Barbara Schwartz. But he was linked to by DNA mm. to that, um, you know, to to this this new one, right? And she was and she was stabbed. So yeah, he and it was around the same time. So yeah, he was he was he yeah. was picking out his mo. He was picking out his mo. Yeah, he was trying to figure out his yeah. And he settled on the thirty eight. Yeah, a whole lot less recoil with thirty eight. Yeah, and it's not nearly as loud either. Yeah, loud. Forty fours, forty fours kick yeah. like a motherfucker. Yeah, it's loud as shit. <laughs> uh, yes, but but yeah, that that's what I got on this one. <laughs> All right. So that was a that. We, we should have, we should have stopped at the funny ending and just been done with it. <laughs> it was much better. <laughs> Well, the whole the whole thing was funny. Well, you know, yeah, the, the, but you know what I mean, though. The whole thing where he yeah. was doing the ballet and everything. I'm like, dude, this story couldn't end it any better. <laughs> and yeah. then, you, then you got to go on and do all this other shit. And I'm like, damn, really? You got all these life? You got all these death sentences, and he's still alive in prison? Fuck that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, one of one years. of probably one of the top thousand oldest people on the entire planet. <laughs> yeah, he's up there. I mean, you might as, you might as well let it. You might as well just let him out at this point. You know, yeah, he's I mean, not going to do. ninety three. What's he going to do? Yeah, and he can probably <laughs> but, he probably can't even walk. Anyway, no. not the point. You know, we're just doing what we do, fashion a fucking dumb shit. Yep. Oh, we had to come at this guy so as hard as we did because we didn't get to come at anybody. Well, actually, that's not true. Last week we did. <laughs> come out the Dallas Police Department pretty hard. <laughs> to, yeah. the point to, where, to the point to where we're probably, it's probably in our best interest not to go to the, 
Dallas yeah. like ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, though, I mean, we were talking about, well, no, we were talking about them now, too. So anyway, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm just I'm just avoiding Texas altogether <laughs> just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Like, but anyway. anyway. Oh, God, I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what we have in store for you next. So I don't have anything on the deck on deck, but uh, I'll come up with something. But yeah, what we'll, you guys we'll figure something out. But what you guys don't know is we're three weeks ahead at this point. <laughs> so, so I yeah. got plenty of time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and this will be episode sixty seven. I think on episode sixty nine we're gonna come up with something steamy. Yeah, it's a little spicy. Yeah. We, we why not? We have to. <laughs> so. Just cause. Yeah, we, I don't know what that is yet. We, we were talking about Jody Arias, but that's the case that's been done to death. We'll cover that one eventually. Yeah. But um, now we got to come up with something steamy for episode 69. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Anyway. So anyway, until next week, later. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.